The Long Box Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode, it's 1994 versus 1983. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter. Where we are sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment, your best choice for hard binding the special comics in your collection or magazines or wherever you want to have bound. You know, I've got several hardbound volumes from Omaha Bound. They are my go-to source to hardbind all my rare comic book collections. And I have these rare collections because I'm so fancy. You so fancy i am so fancy and if you want to be fancy like me all you got to do is go to omahabound.com today take a look at what they've got to offer and get in on some sweet sweet binding treat yourself treat yourself fool and with our awesome sponsorship out of the way i want to welcome everyone once again to action film face off the show where two random years are selected and my brother will bring an action film from one of the random years while I bring an action film from the other random year. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of the episode. Let me introduce you to one of your hosts, my brother, a U.S. Army combat veteran of Kosovo and Iraq, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Yes, indeed. We're going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. Those categories are the story, the overall spectacle, the best action scene, the hero, and the villain. Still not in that order. Never in that order. Not going to change it. 25 episodes (laughs) in. We're going into the carrier deck with this one. And then there will be the deduction round, where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total score for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Well, let's find out what this episode's first action film is going to be from my brother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Thank you, Jason. Before our two films enter the video dome arena for the 25th time. That's right. For your Marines out there, you're going to need two buddies and an extra hand. <laughs> oh, we just lost all of our Marine listenership. If they're in artillery, they, they can't hear us anyway. So. You're probably missing some digits, so the math will be way, way off. <laughs> Anyways. Welcome to our 25th episode, and of course, we're going to kick this one off like we always do with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from my online store, theyardsalearts.com, and early access to special long box episodes, and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving much appreciated support to the show. <laughs> Bill Bear, The Last Interstashit, Bob Busta, Braxton Underwood, Dave Collins, but you know him as Battle Wagon, The Duchess, Gene Hendricks, Gerald Green, Greg Van Leuven, I, The Collector, Ivor Evans, Jeremy L, Jim Jarman, Joe Thomas, John Watson, John and Maggie, Jose Pollo, Mark Hatherly, Maxwell Trevor, Miranda W, Paul Hicks, Rick from Jeff and Rick Present, Ross Michaud, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, 
Tim Price, come on down. The Toronto Cop. And our one-time donor, Bradford William. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Just keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we will be adding you soon. No problem, just send us an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it all straightened out. Now, you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? 25 episodes in, and I still don't know how I become a Crusaders Club member, Jared. Well, Jason, a great day in the morning has come. We decided if you made it to 25 episodes, we would allow you to join. Yeah! But Delvin sat in for you once, so you've technically only done 24. So for now, you can't ah, try. Ah. Next time. Next time. Uh, but otherwise, it's simple. You go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as $1 a month. That's not a typo. It's not a flub. $1 a month. You get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Okay, Jason, before we proceed, we have to do right by our listeners. We promised, I believe it was two episodes ago, that we would give away a copy of 47 Ronin on DVD, starring John Wick. I think his name's Keanu Reeves, but I get where you're going. Fair enough. And we actually had a good amount of listeners chip in on our hashtag challenge, which means at, at least, I don't know, we've got like six or seven here. At least six or seven people stayed all the way through the credits to listen to that. <laughs> Who knew? Let me not guess at six or seven. It's one, two, three, four, five. It's six. Pick a number between one through six, Jason. Three. Three in our randomizer gets us our official statistician. Wait, nope. Check that. Nope. Th- she's not. She's not our statistician. <laughs> I keep thinking she is. That's why I keep asking her to give me information. <laughs> she does not work on the show, but we adore her. She makes up a hundred percent of our female listenership. We've confirmed that too. Yes. So congratulations to Laurel, our friend, the mountain flower. You will be watching 47 Ronin before you know it. So once you hear this episode upon its release, don't forget to hit us up on our Twitter account at AFFO podcast and hit us a DM with your address. I just had a thought. Go ahead. 100% of the female audience who've listened to this show Mm -hmm. have won prizes. Oh, yes. That's good odds. (laughs) Can't beat those odds. You need to go to Vegas with those odds. Oh, but thanks so much for listening, Laurel. We do appreciate you, and we hope you enjoy popping up some popcorn, kicking up your feet, and watch a little Keanu Reeves and some, gosh, how would you classify that? I would say it's a Asian-influenced fantasy film. Yeah, it's a General So's flavored Lord of the Rings. <laughs> there you go. And I liked it quite a bit. So enjoy that, Laurel, and thanks for listening. Well, let's get back to the combat. And learn a little bit about the film Gladiators about to battle for your pleasure. This episode, I was assigned the year of 1994. What a glorious, glorious year. And I have selected one of my very favorite action films, Jason. I selected True Lies, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Tom Arnold. What year did the randomizer select for you? Well, I got 1983, and really there was only one choice. I put into our video dome arena, Return of the Jedi, starring Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher, blessed be her name. Is that uh, like an indie film? Not familiar with it. Yeah, I mean, it was a little pop culture one that came out, you know. (laughs) This is going to be a fun episode. (laughs) Two great films, two very different films. What a matchup. Now, it's important to point out that this isn't Jared versus Jason. We each had to select from our assigned year. I might very well like his selection better than mine or vice versa. This is all about us discussing some beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. And Jason, peek behind the curtain before we even get started. My score sheet, these two films are literally one point apart. Literally one point apart. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Jared, but there's no way I'm going to let Jedi lose tonight. (laughs) Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. We'll find out how the scores fall out here in a minute. But you know what? Here's your spoiler warning. Seriously, you've never seen True Lies or Return of the Jedi? (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, you listening to the show? I don't even why I needed to do a synopsis, people. Come on. But hey, if you haven't seen True Lies or Return of the Jedi, this is your spoiler warning because we're going to spoil the heck out of them. This is your chance to pause the podcast, go watch whatever you need to watch, and then join us back here. We will meet you on the other side of this musical break. Let me jump in with some quick info on 1994's True Lies. How'd it go at the convention, honey? You were the big hit of the show. It's fantastic. It's a love to do the business. For 15 years, Harry Tasker's been leading a double life. Mr. President, one of our best men is inside. Transmitting now. Right on time. I don't believe I've met you before. Rehnquist. Harry Rehnquist. Listen to the following code word. Helen. H-E-L-E-N. Now, they're about to collide. What's your exit strategy? I'm going to walk right out of the front gate. May I see your invitation, please? Sure. Here's my invitation. Oh, yeah, that worked good. Right out the old front gate. Can you <laughs> back a second? What's the tasker's office? Hi, it's Helen. Is he in? Harry's in a sales meeting, Mrs. Tasker. It's not like he's saving the world or anything. I see this is the problem with terrorists. They're really inconsiderate when it comes to people's schedules. Could you press the button for the top floor, please? Hi, Helen. Harry forgot something back at the office. Whenever I can't sleep, I just ask him to tell me about his day. Six seconds and I'm out. Maybe it's just that you're not in touch with your feminist side. Harry! Uh-oh. What were you doing here? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Do you know what this is? It's a snow cone maker. Is it a water heater? From James Cameron, director of Aliens and T2. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a Soviet MERV-6 from an SS-22 and launch vehicle. I married Rambo. Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. True lies. What can I say? I'm a spy. As mentioned, the cast and crew includes Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold, Bill Paxton, Charlton Heston, Tia Carrera. A young Eliza Dushku. A young Eliza Dushku. There's a lot of cool people in this movie, and it's directed by James Jimmy C. Cameron. He makes the good films, Jason. He does, yeah. He's all right. Here's your synopsis. Harry and Helen Tasker's marriage has fallen into a rut, mainly because Harry is always out of town working for a computer company. Or at least that's what the world thinks. Harry is actually a kick-ass spy who's stopping terrorist plots, infiltrating the global elite, and killing anyone who gets in his way. But they were all bad. When his marital strife and his clandestine life collide, the humor ensues and the action is high octane. Here's some trivia for you. Jamie Lee Curtis actually did her own helicopter stunt. You know, the one where she grabs Harry's hand, dangles from the helicopter as the limousine falls beneath her. She's pulled through the sunroof. The bridge is out. (laughs) She did that for reals and did it on her 35th birthday, November 22nd, 1993. Mm, She's great in that movie. Trivia fact number two. Gibby, who's played by Tom Arnold, tells a story about his second wife taking everything when she left him, even the ice cube trays from the freezer. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly the line. This is a direct reference to Tom Arnold's divorce from Roseanne Barr that was happening at the same time. She was reported to have actually taken the ice cube trays when she left him as well. You know, Jared, when I saw that scene, when I was watching it this time, I actually thought, I wonder if that is a reference to something. (laughs) That's funny. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) And finally, James Cameron himself makes an appearance in this film. Can't spot him? Well, that's because he's voice work only. You might be familiar with the line, yeah, she's got her head in his lap, all right. Yahoo. (laughs) (laughs) That That is James Cameron's voice right there. So... 
there you have it. Those are my three fun facts. So there's a bazillion of them you can go look up. Those were three that I enjoyed. And I'll hand it back to you. Well, thank you, Jared. And now I will give you good folks the rundown on 1983's Return of the Jedi. Return for the climactic clash between the forces of good and evil. Return to a galaxy far, far away. Return of the Jedi. The next chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga. The battle for freedom rages on. The heart of a hero. The courage of a rebel. The strength of a leader. The loyalty of comrades. The power of the Force. The cunning of the enemy. Destiny revealed. Is Darth Vader my father? A legend fulfilled. An epic of heroes, villains, and aliens from a thousand worlds. It's a trap! The quest continues. The circle closes. The saga lives on. Return of the Jedi begins May 25th at a theater in your galaxy. The cast and crew included Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. It was directed by Richard Marquand. Do I really got to read a synopsis, Jared? Star Wars, nothing, nothing but, but Star Wars. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll do it. So in this final chapter of the original Star Wars trilogy, Luke Skywalker completes his destiny of becoming a Jedi Knight. Along the way, he rescues Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt, discovers he's been macking on his sister, defeats Darth Vader and the Emperor, and brings Anakin Skywalker back to the light side of the Force. And in my trivia, in the scene on Jabba's barge where C-3PO was on his back and being attacked by Salacious Crumb, you know that little rat-like, character that (laughs) yeah you got it he keeps saying get me up get me up in reality anthony daniels was having a panic attack and the director thought it was so good he put it in the film way to give it your all tony (laughs) yeah that's just the director man that's director going all in for the movie we all know admiral akbar's now famous line it's a trap well it was originally scripted it's a trick but it was changed when it got a negative reaction at test screening And I think it was changed for the better. Ah, it's iconic now, Mm -hmm. yeah. But from now on, I'm going to go, it's a trick. It's a trick. (laughs) Just to mess with people. Especially at Halloween. It's a trick. or It's a treat. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, George Lucas decided to have Yoda confirm that Darth Vader was Luke's father after consulting a child psychologist. The psychologist informed him that children under 12 would believe Vader was lying unless a character they trusted confirmed it. Originally, Yoda was not scripted in the film at all. Mm. Now, I was 12 when I saw this movie, and maybe it's because I was used to my parents lying to me all the time. (laughs) I I firmly believe Vader when he said it. That's dark. It's It's weird, because they didn't lie to me, only to you, apparently. Yeah, Yeah, they told me I was going to get a Sky Striker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bo-bo-do. And now that we have the basics on today's contestants. Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! It's a street fight! Yes, yes, welcome to the Video Dome Arena. Got spikes on it. Maybe it doesn't, not sure. Being that this is our 25th episode. This is the one where Jason fights a bear. Are you ready? Um, 
I wasn't informed I was going to be fighting a bear today. Oh. Well, you were supposed to bring the bear. Do you have a bear? Well, I guess, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for me, I do not currently have a bear. Ah. Andy. All right, tune in for episode 50. I thought Laurel was supposed to get the bear. What she kind of work does she do around here? Anyway? here? She does not work here. Anyway, tune in to episode 50, apparently, where Jason may or may not fight a bear. But for episode 25, I'm just going to remind you that this podcast has evolved, and now there is a game within the podcast called Match Game. There are 10 possible matches tonight. Jason and I looking at two films in five categories. You do the math. Trust me, 10 possible matches. How many times are our scores going to match? I don't know. Place your bets now, ladies and gentlemen, because we match a lot. Eh. Anyway, speaking of scores, set your barometer appropriately. All right. If we give something a five, five is middle of the road. That means it's fine. It does its job. It doesn't sparkle, but it's not a turd. It's right there in the middle of the road. That's a five. All right. Five is average. Set your barometer accordingly. Tens, dang near perfect. Ones, poopy, just poopy. There's your barometer. Now, with all that said and done, get your match game cards ready, your barometer set. Let's get into round one. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Round one is the story. How engaging and original is the story? All right, Jason. Run your mouth about the story. True Lies, 1994. Pretty doggone good. I think the terrorist plot angle of it was pretty cookie cutter nothing really spectacular there or earth shattering but i did like how they wove the love story into it the love story although it kind of slows the action down in the middle part of the movie it does bring up the story portion of our little game here if we didn't have that part i would have gotten a lower score from me but because it, it really did have a charming love story, family story that was woven in the middle of this uh, somewhat routine terrorist plot, it did bump up the score for me a bit. I couldn't agree more. I think you're going to see me post a pretty high score on this story, mainly because travel back with me to 1994, okay? We knew Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator, as Commando, Predator. You know what I'm saying, you have a certain expectancy when you go into an Arnold Schwarzenegger film in 1994. I just was ready for another cookie cutter, slam bang action thriller. And I was not prepared with how much I was going to laugh and how much bringing in his family, his unwitting family would raise the stakes of the danger. Like you alluded to, I think the weaving of the comedy and the action, it's like the perfect blend of the comedic elements of kindergarten cop and the action elements of a Terminator or a Commando. And it's done perfectly. Kudos to James Cameron. Look for a very high score for me because it just threw me a curveball. Just know this, an action film face-off as we go forward. I will always, always, always reward films that when I go in with a certain expectation and they just throw me that curveball, there's going to be plus ups, or as we call them, bump up. (laughs) So yeah, I like the story. That's what I have to say about that. With our thoughts on the story of True Lies, let's turn back the hands of time and go back to 1983. Little film called Return of the Jedi. Thoughts on the story. This is how you wrap up a trilogy, folks. Uh, You know, I was 12 years old. I was all in on this thing called Star Wars. Had been since I was six in 1977. Saw the original Star Wars, which we covered on Action Film Face-Off back in the day, Mm -hmm. if you want to go back in your feeds. I was left at an ultimate cliffhanger at Empire, and I wanted Han Solo back. I wanted Han Solo and Leia to hook up. I wanted Luke to be a Jedi. I wanted... The Emperor and Vader ultimately defeated, and I got all that so much more. I got to see Jabba the Hutt. I got to see Boba Fett go into the Sarlacc pit. You know, I watched that at the age of 12. I read the novelization. I listened to the story on record. Fast forward to me being 49 years old and watching it for this podcast today, and I still loved it. This is a great, great story. And 
I, I, well, I won't say anything bad about the new trilogy. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we'll keep it I positive. Think, I think you hinted at it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. G- you. G- you all. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> it's the episode where Jason melts down. <laughs> we may have to edit that out. This is the mega cast. Oh, my goodness. Here's the thing. I don't really care for the story in this one very much. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> What I like most about it is actually the pacing. I love the jailbreak in Act 1 and the reveals, the motion parts of Act 2, and then the all-out action, be it on Endor, be it around the new Death Star, be it inside the new Death Star. There's so much happening, and all of it demands your attention. It is a wonderful, wonderful story. Can't ask for much more. The only thing that's going to hurt the score on this one is nothing. Just nothing li- is going to. I just like the story of the second one better. <laughs> it's really, really good though. It's going to get a strong score. And speaking of scoring, let's go ahead and handle that. Here we go. The story of True Lies. I suspect I have it scored higher than you do. But let's find out. What do you got? One to ten, Jason. The overall plot of the story, as far as the terrorist action elements are concerned, that was a straight up five. It was average. Nothing there. But the love story angle, particularly in the second act, the comedic elements give it a two-point bonus for me. So I'm landing on a seven for True Lies. Like I said, there's serious bonus points for any time a movie surprises me in a good way. I gave the story of True Lies a nine. I've I had ne- a feeling you were going. You were going. <laughs> I just have never seen a quote unquote action movie. You know, when you think of that in the in the Schwarzenegger vein or the Stallone vein, that is a complete storytelling package with all kinds of elements. It just really blew me away. I'd never seen anything like it. And you know me, Jason. You and I both are big James Bond fans, and there's such nods to 007 involved in it. Yeah, it hits me right in the feels. So, yeah, I gave it a nine. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, this is one of the very few categories where I have True Lies outscoring Return of the Jedi. But eh, I still got a good score for Return of the Jedi. What's yours? Well, first off, you could burn in hell, Jared. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm teasing you. I will say this, you know, real quick. I'm going back to True Lies for just a moment. You're right. This is one of those movies that, you know, kind of broke that Arnold Schwarzenegger mold we'd gotten used to and we liked it it was a comfortable mold and uh, when i saw true lies i was like okay this guy could do some more things (laughs) anyway back to jedi yeah it's a 10 flawless victory perfect 10 from jason Uh you don't even have to rationalize that i completely understand that 10 uh again no match game again we're two points apart i gave it an eight I really, really like the story of Jedi. There's not really a whole heck of a lot wrong with it. It just really kind of suffers from its own from its own trilogy. I like the story of two a little better, and I like the story of one a little better, or five and four. You know, the numbering, you know what I mean. <laughs> I think I just, I saw Rise of Skywalker. I think I, I might have landed somewhere around an eight until there's like the Rise of Skywalker, and I'm just like, Man, I need to appreciate what a good trilogy actually looked like. I need to give this one a ten and move on. Still haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker. I'll get to it one day. Yeah, maybe it'll come up in a randomizer. (laughs) It it very well may. It'll give me a reason to watch it. Just for our listening audience, I'm not actively avoiding it. I'm not like one of those, no, I won't see it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I wouldn't mind watching it. But man, without us running down that path, it's just beckoning to us. It's calling to us. It's like, compare this trilogy to this trilogy. We're not going to do it. I think our feelings have been, you know, subtly let out there. But with that, that's the end of my round. All right. Well, I'll bring us into round two, the hero. And we'll talk about how cool is the hero. We'll kick it off with True Lies. And Jared, give me your thoughts here. I think we've already touched on it a little bit. We like Arnie, but care to elaborate a little more? Not a whole heck of a lot. It's, it's, to me, is pinnacle Arnold. A lot of people say that Terminator 2 is the number one film by Arnold, and I get that. I, I wouldn't even debate it, but my personal number one all Schwarzenegger film is True Lies. This is it for me. I think he's great in it. I think his performance is amazing. Oftentimes we will bring in other supporting cast members 
to uh, look at the score in total. So you've got Tom Arnold being completely hilarious. You've got Jamie Lee Curtis being wonderful and charming. You've got Charlton freaking Heston. Yeah, look for a very, very strong score for me. Yeah, I think that Arnold Schwarzenegger came in, tried to capture that James Bond-like magic. And unlike most that try, he actually succeeded, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. He had the swagger and the confidence of a Sean Connery and the twinkle and the fun of a Roger Moore Mm -hmm. blended together. Mm -hmm. And then you compliment him with Tom Arnold, who is just freaking hilarious. I remember the first time I was shot out of a cannon. (laughs) (laughs) We were rolling. (laughs) When Arnold's daughter rips him off and takes all the money out of his wallet and he's not even paid he's like i knew it <laughs> i thought my wife's scumbag boyfriend was doing it <laughs> the guy is a guy used car salesman <laughs> you gotta admit if this happened to some other jerk you'd be laughing your ass off <laughs> so many great lines jamie lee curtis totally charismatic Lots of chemistry between she and Arnold. Like you mentioned, just having Charlton Heston just bless us with his presence a couple times in that movie was sweet. You're going to get a good score from me here as well. Nice. But before we get too excited, let's talk about some little-known characters called Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, R2-D2, C-3PO, Wicket the Ewok, me numb. <laughs> Mondo Calrissian, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) General Nadine. (laughs) So tell me what you thought of the characters from Return of the Jedi. Well, they are classics. They live in, geez, pop culture, Hall of Fame. They're great. It's great to see their transitions from Simple Farm Boy to Scruffy Look and Nerf Herder to Spoiled Princess, and then to watch them all transfer into new identities by the third one not terribly far from their old identities but to mature and the cast around them you know lando 3po r2 they're just all classics there's there's just a great great bunch of heroes that we could all root for i don't know what else to say man i'll just hand it back to you we touched on this the last time and i brought up the point one of the things i think that the new trilogy failed to capture on was that chemistry and the importance of bringing the team together and sharing moments. And one of the best moments in that movie was when they're all on that shuttle preparing to infiltrate the moon of Endor. And you've got the entire crew together. And it's been two years since we've seen them. Again, even at 49 years old, just seeing them come together Hans, I have a funny feeling I'm not going to see her again. Line talking about the Millennium Falcon. Come on, General, let's go. Princess Leia, motivating. Luke Skywalker, I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. All of these things together shows the nucleus of this team, this family. And that's just so lacking in this new trilogy. And it wasn't really till watching this film again that I. I mean, it just solidified that belief into me. That chemistry is just so important. And it's there in this film. That's why I love these characters at 12. And I'll love them till they put me in the ground. It's a good batch. It's a good batch of characters. So I'm saying six at least. Yeah. Uh, 6.5 if Joe November was here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we've talked about them. We've reminisced about them. Let's put some scores on them. Jared. Mm. True lies. The hero. What's your score? Brace yourself, sir, for I am giving it a 10. Flawless victory. I love the heroic cast of this movie. It's a 10 for me. I'm not going to hate on you for a 10. I seriously, I thought about it, and I landed on a 9. And the only reason why I landed on a 9, Jared, how often do you play with your True Lies action figures? Well, if they had made them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you've got me really, really wanting a line of True Lies action. For I you. do too, man. I don't even get one of the Spencer Trilby, you know, with the eye patch and everything. Yeah, man. And then you make the Harrier jet. You make the little Corvette that <laughs> Paxson drives. 
You make the play set of his trailer with the breakaway wall. <laughs> I want this line. I want this line. Of Little plastic uh, wine glasses. <laughs> Click. <laughs> I love that movie. What does Pi be himself, man? Oh, anyway, I know I get it. Ten and nine, still no match game, but yeah, we both clearly adore the True Lies cast. Yeah, they're phenomenal. All right, Return of the Jedi. What are you giving them? And I have another ten to hand out. Perfect ten. Flawless victory. Got two tens. Yeah, I'm going ten on this one myself. Flawless victory. I think I tipped my hand a bit. A little bit. I got <laughs> my soliloquy. Yeah, like I could hear like uh, <laughs> background <laughs> as you were going on it. Take my ten, take my ten, take my ten. And that's our first match game. So we broke out. We've got one match so far. And with those perfect tens on the table, let's move into round three. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate on Bill. Round three is the villain. How menacing and or entertaining is the villain? I say this on a lot of episodes, but man, this is an often overlooked part of action films. Does your villain help carry your movie? You need to have memorable villains. So talk to me about the villainy. Memorable, not so memorable. What do you think? True lies. For me, this is where we start separating from the pack a little bit. The villain was really stereotypical. But the one thing that saved it for me was that video camera scene. You know the one. <laughs> See, there's so many good scenes in this movie. <laughs> that part had me rolling. But actually, <laughs> actually, the villain never really convinced me he was much of a threat for Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't really get any, I don't know, any type of pizzazz from him one way or the other. Tia Carrera was okay but wasn't really sure where she really fit in the organization i guess well i did understand where she fit in the organization but really she was just there to be a woman villain for jamie lee curtis at the end of the day so it was all pretty cookie cutter and i'll just stop there and turn it over to you no i would agree i think this is the one area of the film that i still think is good but not great i mean i remember the villain he's a memorable villain but he's not Hans Gruber. He's not Hans Gruber, but he wasn't bad. But again, not perfect. So I'll be giving a decent score. But like you said, this is the category where I do have the biggest separation in my numbers between this and Return of the Jedi. So talk to me about the, well, frankly, probably perfect villainy of Return of the Jedi. (laughs) Yeah, Darth Vader is the ultimate villain on screen, in my humble opinion. In my 49 years of life, there's never really been a villain that's come close to him. Voldemort. Uh, I mean, he can't even hold a candle to Emperor Palpatine, let, let alone Darth Vader. I take Jabba the Hutt over Voldemort. Oh, yeah. Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt was a cool villain. Yeah, Emperor Palpatine, just evil as evil can be, man. Again, I remember as 12 years old, it's just like, that's what evil looks like. And I don't think they've ever really been able to capture that magic again. Maybe you can make an argument for some of the Marvel movies, but anybody as cool as Darth Vader? I don't think so. Let's score them back to true lies. We know they're not perfect. We know they're okay. Okay to the tune of a what for you? I almost gave this one a four. That Get the hell out of here. No, I'm sorry. I mean, let's go back to that chase scene where he's on the horse and he's on the motorcycle. Like, there's that scene where our source leader's like glaring at him, and you can see the fear in the terrorist leader's eye. No, if that's your main bad guy, he needs to be on par with the hero. And he's just a caricature throughout this whole movie. There's never a moment where I think he's a threat to Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that's really one of the big weak spots for me in this film. But I laughed at the video camera scene, so it's a five. That's the dumbest score you've ever given on the show. But, all right. No, that's the fairest score I've ever given on the show. No, man, no. We we gave, like, a four to, like, the bad guys in The Enforcer because we can't remember any of them. All right? Yeah, it was like our first show, though, man. At least this guy's memorable. Like, you don't have to, to, like, think about who the villain was in True Lies. You know who he was. Honestly speaking, this guy is the Arab or whatever version of the white Nazi 
guy in the enforcer. There's no daylight here between those two that I see. I answer that with bah. Bah, sir. I gave this guy a, was a better actor. I'll say that. Okay. I gave them a seven and I stand by my seven. I like Tia Carrera. I thought wait, the guy was, wait, no, I objection, your honor. Seven. Objection. Seven. We have long stated that our barometer here is a view to a kill sevens across the board, sir. No, no, I never signed off on the villain part. <laughs> I already said Christopher Watkins a 10 in every movie he's in. Okay, I need some spare because I was gonna say if you're giving this guy no, he's just, seven. No, no, I'm saying no. you're out of order. You're out of order. <laughs> what I like about this is like we've referenced our feelings on a view to a kill so many times. It's gonna pop up at some point in '85, and everyone's gonna know what the score. Everyone's winning <laughs> match game. <laughs> All right, we're still not that far apart. I had a seven, you got a five. I clearly am more of a homer for this film than you are. That's fine. Let's just go ahead and go to Return of the Jedi and just put our, both of our tens on the table. Should we do that? Double tens? Yeah, so here's my ten. Throw it on okay. there. Flawless victory. All right. Yep, tens. Flawless victory. Yeah, yeah. I need to discuss it. It's freaking Darth Vader and it's the Emperor and Jabba the Hutt. I mean, you can't top that. Okay, so <laughs> that is it for my round three. All right. Well, that's going to bring us into our round four. But your style is no match for mine. Round four is the overall spectacle. How visually engaging is the film overall? We're talking stunts, effects, score, cinematography, all that good stuff. And we're going to open the discussion with True Lies. What did you think of the spectacle from True Lies? It is a very spectacle-laden movie. We've already talked about sort of the quote-unquote spectacle of the humor. It's almost its own spectacle piece. It's got really cool music. The score to it is quite good. I own it. It's got great cinematography. It's got spectacular stunts. It's got shootouts on the snow. It's got, well, I don't want to elaborate all the action scenes because you're going to do that for me momentarily. I mean, it's got a lot of different action beats from chases to shootouts to horseback chases. It's got a lot of neck breaking was in that film, man. Uh, Not enough. (laughs) I mean, it's a pretty long movie. If I remember correctly, I want to kind of say it comes in at like two hours and 20 or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty long, but it doesn't feel like it. It's one of those movies that just breezes by on you. And that's always a good sign of spectacle to me. So again, a real solid score is coming your way. I love this movie. I don't care who knows it. What are your thoughts on the spectacle of True Lies? I agree with you. I think there was fantastic action, particularly in the first and third acts. Although there weren't a lot of action scenes, the action scenes that were there were long and spectacular and kept you engaged. Mm -hmm. As we talked about earlier, the middle part of that bogs down action wise but it makes up for it in the story and the character development between arnold schwarzenegger and jamie lee curtis's characters so overall i think you're going to get a pretty good score from me as well let's talk about return of the jedi there are a few effects in that one what did you think jared again it's a spectacle movie back when effects were effects it still holds up to this day the model effects still hold up. All the lasers, the pew pew pews, and the explosions—they're all—they're all great. Even before they got digitally enhanced and all that stuff. In fact, I watched the original version for the podcast. I didn't watch. The Bless your heart. In fact, and I know this will come as no surprise to you because you know my setup. I watched both of these movies on VHS. <laughs> did you watch them out in your workshop? I did. I did. Where I've got the VCR set up with the tube TV. It's very 1980s out there. And I watched both of them on VHS just for the heck of it because I had them both. And I love the spectacle of it. I mean, the spectacle of it looks even better in Blu-ray. It's one of those movies where it goes to high def and sometimes it exposes the flaws, but it still looks great. I mean, they've really curated the film. They've made sure it stays clean and at every level. It's great. The spectacle is truly great. In fact, when we sat down to start recording it, I had it at one score. And while we were talking, I actually bumped it up a point during our discussion. It was because I remembered something from this movie. And I'm going to fit it in here in spectacle. But there was definitely a bump up when I remembered that this has one of my very favorite 
cinematic moments that I think gets by some casual viewers of Return of the Jedi. I know it doesn't get by you, but some casual viewers may miss the part where I, I think it's freaking visual poetry. So it's the moment where Luke Skywalker cuts off Darth Vader's hand and he sees that it's mechanical and he just stops and looks at his own hand and there's no lines or anything. It's all done through emoting. And you just realize that that's the moment he realizes I am absolutely in every way becoming this person. I I, I am. And I just like, wow, wow. What fantastic visual. I always will reward visual storytelling. So I wanted to sneak that in somewhere. I put it in spectacle and and it bumped the score up. Man, that's great. For me, same kind of scene is the part where the Emperor is shocking Luke with yep. the force lightning. Yep. <laughs> and he's, Father, please help me. And it's amazing because Darth Vader's in a mask. You can't see his eyes. You can't see anything. But the way the actor moves, looking back to the sun, back to the Emperor, back to the sun, back to the Emperor. And then he just like his body posture, he just he snaps and he attacks the emperor. And to me, it was just amazing how he conveyed that range mm. of emotions in the mask and everything. You couldn't see his eyes, couldn't see any of his expression, but just the physical, the way he moved. I think that was a great performance from the actor and great direction from the director. But I agree with you. And to me, that's part of the whole spectacle thing. Mm-hmm. And I hate to do it. I'm going to do it one more time, comparing the new trilogy <laughs> with the old trilogy. When we look at the spectacle, and for example, take the space battle scene, it just seems more realistic. And you get more from the performances of the characters mm-hmm. with Lando Calrissian in the Millennium Falcon. There's one scene where they're just tracking down a TIE fighter. It's like pressure steady. And then pop, 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 boom, you know, and that's, and it seems like you're in a real dogfight with real professional fighter pilots. You compare it to this new one, and it's just like a video game. These classic films seem more realistic, and there's more emotion, more heart than this video game type feel that I get. Yeah, it's almost like the definition of spectacle, and we talk about it literally in every episode, is, you know, people think of spectacle as visual, 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 and it's like, you got if you put in character, because I mean, I, we, I waited until this round to talk about my favorite scene of the hand being cut off and the symmetry there, and it was beautiful poetry on film is what I called it. I think we've lost that a little bit. I think we have. We've lost that a little bit, I think. But yeah, Jedi, the spectacle is great, and somehow we got through discussing spectacle without bringing up John Williams. So, uh, John Williams. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars. I, it's, Star Wars. It's, yeah, it's freaking amazing. The only knock that I know that some of our listeners might have, uh, I know that the Ewoks are divisive. Some people really don't like the Ewoks. I had a discussion live with one of our listeners a couple of days ago when I told him we were going to be doing these films. And he said, Yeah, I just really don't like those Ewoks. He's much older. Well, much older. He's eight years older than me. And I think there might be an age gap there because when I'm watching this, I am about six or seven. So Ewoks are totally fine. You know, I grew up from there going, okay, yeah, I don't probably Ewoks. Now as a a grown man, I can look back and say, okay, if I was older, like he was eight years older than me, you know, he's like a teenager. I can't like no teddy bears. You know how a teenage boy is. So (laughs) I think it's kind of a capture of when you watched it as to whether or not you like Ewoks. It's my private theory. (laughs) I always think back to that show Spaced with Simon Pegg. I've never seen it. It was a British show way back in the day. It's kind of one of the earlier shows that Simon Pegg was on. And he's having this debate about whether the Ewoks are cool or not. He talks about the Gungans from the new (laughs) trilogy. He's like, Ewoks are freaking shaft compared to those Gungans. <laughs> and I think I fall in that category. That's fair. Well, we got a little off the rails there. I think we got to score something, don't we? We do. We got to score some spectacle. What score are you giving the spectacle for True Lies? I'm going to give True Lies a nine. I love the spectacle of it. I love it when you take a movie that is like two and a half hours long and it breezes by. That's got to tell you something about the spectacle. And I think it's wonderful. And I'm going to sit on a nine. What about you? You know, I hit it up as a nine, too, particularly for a 90s film. This one still holds up pretty well. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of 90s films I look back and go, oh, I thought that looked okay in the theater. <laughs> I'm talking to you, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
but now, now I'm not so sure. But I watched this again. I was like, man, that Harrier scene with the jets and I think, and I think maybe it's because they didn't rely completely on CGI. I think there was a lot of model work still. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good blend. I was really kind of amazed at how well this one held up, to be honest. All right. Match game number three. We're at three matches now. You want to just throw our tens on the pile? Yep, double Jedi. tens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Match game number four. All right. There we go. Return of the Jedi. Ten, ten, to ten, and ten, ten. And match game number four. And with that, I guess I got to take us into round five. Round five is best action scene. And it's funny that I quote unquote lead round five, but I don't really lead round five. I just get us through round five. Jason leads us through round five and he's going to break down the action scenes for true lies. And then we will pick our favorite and then he'll break down the ones from return of the Jedi. We'll pick our favorites. Then we'll double back and score them. All right. So true lies. I broke it down into five. The first is nice doggy. (laughs) the Uh, the second one is when they you can actually probably break this down into two individual scenes where they're fighting in the bathroom then it leads to the chase on the motorcycle with the horse oh yeah yeah that bathroom fight wasn't bad at all yeah i called that one courtesy flush (laughs) slash horse play i just put them both together yeah they they do seamless the third one I called Neck Break Island because he broke a lot of necks on that island. <laughs> and the fourth one I called The Bridge is Out. It's not funny, but if I say it, The Bridge is Out. That's pretty good. That's pretty there, good. It's a little funnier. And then the fifth one is the fight on the Harrier between him and the lead terrorist guy. Yeah. I called that one uh, Tail Between His Legs. <laughs> You know the scene. Yeah, I I got the scene. You're you're fired not too long after that. Oh, goodness. Good, good. All right. So of the lot there, man, that's uh, some tough. It was a tough call, man. I'm going to predict what you went with. I think that bathroom to horse chase is what you went with. I went with the bridges out. Oh, my goodness. That's shocking to me, but okay. I love that scene with the Harriers. And I think I like it because... Gibson's in there a little bit too, and he's like directing. And one of my favorite parts of that is when Harry's directing the Harrier pilots, or he says, Engage with the guns or whatever. And they're like, Oh, that's not going to set off those nukes, are they? Negative, negative. They don't work that way. And then he like looks at he's like, <laughs> I don't like, know. I, don't know. <laughs> I like the that, Pelican, by the way. The Pelican scene. is funny. <laughs> when, he, when the dude fires the stinger and it like blasts the guy out. out the but no, man, those, those Harriers in there, just that was the bee's knees for me. So, okay. But yeah, I went back and forth because I did love that fight scene in the bathroom too. That was really cool. Especially if I can have both the bathroom and the horse scene, that sort of that one-two punch. And absolutely, the bathroom scene was brutal. That was a good fight. And the horse chase is just, you know, I've never seen anything quite like it. I've never seen horse versus motorcycle before that. I can think John of. Wick, man. Before that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like the horse chase and motorcycle and bathroom scene. Jason liked the bridge is out. And that takes us to uh, Jedi Break It Down. There are a few things in Jedi. I tried to keep it to five as well. The first one, I know we could maybe count the Rancor fight in there, and there's some little action scenes. But to me, the big action scene is the jailbreak at the end at the Sarlacc pit. That's the first scene that I break down, the Sarlacc pit fight. Or I call it, is Leia going to have to choke a (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And yes, by the way. She does. The second one is when they first get to Endor and there's the speeder bike chase. Mm-hmm. I call that one Imp My Ride. Imp, imp My Ride. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> the action really heats up there in the third act. I mean, we just picked the whole third act. If, yeah. If I think I did that it. once for like an Expendables movie. <laughs> so basically you have three events that are, overlapping in that third act the one i call it's a trap the right space battle space battle number four is the fight between vader and luke i call Mm -hmm. it daddy issues Mm -hmm. that's right and the fifth is the fight between han leia chewy and the ewoks versus the empire on the ground battle Mm -hmm. at endor i call that one 
E will, E will walk you. Get it? Ooh, e will, yeah, yeah. E will walk you. Which one did you pick? I picked <laughs> E will, E will walk you just because I like the way it sounds. <laughs> I had a suspicion. Because Han's my boy. No, and, that's uh, a good one. That's a good one. You know what? I am going to go with the Javos Jailbreak. I like that one because I feel like you get a lot of variety. You get lightsaber play and you get blaster play. Uh, you get Boba Fett, a little bit of comedy in there as, as Han Sight's coming back. It's just like a flavorful battle. It's got a lot to it. So I went with the Jabba's Rescue. The indoor fight's very similar. All it's really missing is a lightsaber because it's got a lot of different, you know, Ewoks using their craftiness and lasers and Han beating the odds as usual. I will say that scene on indoor, though, I was thinking, because they either A, set up a lot of elaborate crap <laughs> in a relatively short period of time, or B, those biker scouts are pretty craptacular. Like, you didn't notice this big yeah. pile of loads? That yeah, it gets a little home alone there at, in that part. I will say I always do get a good laugh, though, when Han's like, I got it, and a second set of blast doors <laughs> closes. That's <laughs> I love that scene, too, because, again, I don't think we talk about this enough with everybody talking about Ray and this 21st century. We're going back to the. the (laughs) Man, how cool was Leia? Like, she takes a shot to the arm. Stormtroopers have the drop on her and Han. She, like, just cooks those fools, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Leia style. Leia all the way, man. Mad respect for Princess Leia. Okay, let's head back to uh, True Lies and get some scores here. I picked the bathroom scene to uh, horse and motorcycle, and you've got the Harrier scene. What did you score the Harrier scene? I scored that one a solid nine. I thought that that was a tremendous action film. Okay. Match game, by the way, for the fifth time. I'm giving the bathroom and horse motorcycle scene a nine as well. Return of the Jedi. You like the indoor scene, although mostly it was outdoors. What score did you give it? I rocked that one at a 10. Ooh, a perfect 10. Flawless victory. No match game there. I did pick the Jabba Rescue, but I liked it to the tune of an eight. I kind of feel that way about all. Like, it's a movie of really good scenes, but we're getting a 10. My barometer for that one is like the, the opening scene of Blade, you know, the bloodbath. And I'm just like, you know, I got to get that feeling. So I, I went with a solid eight, but I, you got a perfect 10 on it. All right. I think that just gives us one more round. Yeah, we're going to go to the deduction round, the round for the ridiculous. If we're going to take off any points for the low point of the movie, and we'll start off with true lies. Are you going to reduce this by any amount? Are you going to minus it, Jared? I will not minus it. I will defer all my time to you because I know you're going to minus it for the Jamie Lee Curtis drops the machine gun down the stairs scene. You've always hated it. You may vent that at this time. Thank you, and I will. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. That scene takes me out of the movie. That moves it into the ridiculous. I mean, she drops that Mac 10 and manages to kill how many people? Like uh, six people? No. It's it's played for comedic value, Jason. No, no, no. I kind of roll my eyes at the you're fired scene when he fires the sidewinder off of the Harrier with the bad guy somehow attached to it. I roll my eyes at that, but I'm like, okay, I can let that go. But this one, no. I mean, it literally takes me out of the movie. It puts me in a whole nother mindset. I hate that scene. If I could take one scene out of any movie, it'd be Jamie Lee Curtis dropping the MAC-10 and killing, like, every terrorist. And it goes back again to just, like, these villains just are, they're cartoons, man. They're not, yeah, yeah, it just makes me mad. That's the whole point. Yeah, anyways. Minus one, then, for the machine gun? No, minus two. Minus two. This one is a solid uh, minus two. Oh, man. That's a two for the Jason hates fun, everyone. everyone. Jason hates fun. No, that first. whole movie's fun up until that point. It just jars me <laughs> just, out of the movie. It's bizarre to me that that's the one thing that, like, gets you. I don't know. It may be, again, it may be watching it at certain ages, because, you know, I was, like, 16 or 17, so 
I was probably willing to accept it. You know, we kind of talked about that on Desperado. I was a lot more accepting of some of the more ridiculous things in Desperado than you were. I think it's probably an, an age when you see it thing. Yeah, that might be. I think, too, because I'd, I'd been a soldier for four years. And I'm like, that just isn't going to happen, man. Yeah, I mean, in <laughs> fairness, you know, we do talk about our military authenticity on the show. You could probably throw that Mac Tim as hard as you wanted down the stairs, and it's probably not going to go off at all. It maybe might pop off a round. Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) The odds of you hitting anyone with that round are astronomical, let alone a half dozen people. I considered taking a minus one on it for that, but then I was like, I know Jason's going to rant on it, so I'm just going to leave it alone. (laughs) And I went, I'll bet he's not even going to address this. I'm going to take one off for him. (laughs) Wait till you see my deductions for Jedi, though. It's going to blow your mind. Uh Uh-oh. All right. What are you reducing Jedi for? All right, here's the whole thing. Darth Vader's he's just dumb. I'm kidding. I didn't take no points off a of Jedi. What are you kidding? No, man. This movie's great. I got nothing to take off. I'm sure there are people out there that would take off for Ewoks. I don't. I saw it as a kid. Ewoks are okay with me. So I'm fine. What about you? I felt the same way. I kind of toyed with the idea of taking a point off for the Ewoks, but I was like, I had the Ewok toys. I had fun with them. So, <laughs> so yeah, yub, yub. <laughs> yub, yub with the Ewoks. They're staying in. Aww. So I'm taking nothing off for Jedi. Okay, folks. That's the last of our official rounds. Now, don't worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home, folks. We do that for you here at Action Film Face Off 25th episode. And looking at the judges' scorecards, the winner of this episode of Action Film Face-Off, 25th episode spectacular, with a score of 96 to 81. You want this, don't you? (laughs) Return of the Jedi. I feel bad for True Lies because I just think about like we've done 25 episodes, like how many episodes it would have won on. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> it probably would have won on like 20 other episodes. <laughs> yeah, thinking back, you know, like John Wick probably would have beat it. Star Wars would have beat it. I'd have to look at the numbers, but like I know we did Blade and Blade's pretty up there for me. I, I don't know. We've been doing this a long time. It would have been close with Blade. Because you, you have more love for Blade than yeah. I do. I like Blade a lot, but you you really like that. I do. <laughs> I do. So it, it would have been close. Well, congratulations to Return of the Jedi. Now let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for the next episode. My brother Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose Your Destiny. Nineteen seventy-three, and I will bring a film from. Choose your destiny. Two thousand and eight. What will those films be? We'll tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening. And we're talking to you, Dave. Or you can tune in next episode and find out. All right, Jason, in honor of our 25th episode, which means we have watched 50 films, average two hours a piece. We've put in probably over 100 hours of watching films. Mm-hmm. I put in 100 hours and one wife, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably double that, triple that, 300 hours. Yeah, triple that easily. 300 hours of editing time. So that's 400 hours, plus we talk about them each for about another 100 hours. We've got a lot of hours invested in this show. And you know who else has hours invested in our show is our listeners. So we are going to do a listener raffle. I have an 11 by 17 print of Han Solo that I have done. Jason has the original hanging up in his house, I'm pretty sure. Uh, You know it is. I would like to go ahead and just share that with a lucky winner from our uh, listening audience. So if you've made it this far... The print, have... not the original. Just Right, right. Just yeah, just you, be, you uh... don't get the pen and ink original that's hanging on Jason's wall, but you do get the colored print, colored by my boy Ken Solo of Han Solo. It's a little solo on solo action. Mm, that's All a duo. You... <laughs> it's a magnificent duo. All you've got to do is comment on the show over on Twitter at AFFO Podcast and use hashtag Han Solo Solo. Hashtag Han Solo Solo will get you entered in for a free 11 by 17. Of course, I'll sign it for you. 
print that I did, and I hope you enjoy it. So once again, hashtag Han Solo Solo, and you might just be winning a print from the yard sale artist himself. That's right. It's referred to myself in third person. And with that, back to you, Jason. Well, thank you, Jared. Until next time, I'm Jason Weasel Skull Albrick, and you can find me on social media at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find me, Jared Albrick, the Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe, at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now Parlor. I'm joining stuff I didn't even know about. But, yep, it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's not even a thing. I don't know. Parlor. I think I've got like nine followers on Parlor now. So if you're on Parlor out there, give me a follow. I could use it. Anyway, it's at Yard Sale Artists. And of course, check out my YouTube channel. If you search Yard Sale Artists on YouTube, you'll find me. I'm either drawing stuff or talking about yard sale finds. But most of all, be sure to check out all the shows under the Long Box Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Long Box Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, pretty much all your finer podcatchers, or just go to www.longboxcrusade.com. You want to send us a question or a comment? The best way is at AFFO Podcast on Twitter. But if you're not a Twitter person, you can email them to contact at longboxcrusade.com. And if you want to interact with us with live chat, be entered to win some free stuff on our raffles, join us for doing it live stream. We do that on the second Sunday of every month. Usually Pat and Delvin join us as well. They kick off at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Just go to YouTube and look up Longbox Crusade, and you can start following us and subscribing there. That would be wonderful. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. And until next episode, keep your heads down. And your knuckles up. The intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it.